too much to read, there is too much to do. My productivity is at war with my Netflix queue. Read all that I could read, saw that I could see. Finish the internet. Wait, hold on. Oh, yeah, that thing. The next time we hang out, I'll unburden myself. My mind and can't rest till then. Oh, it's time. It's time for, oh, yeah that thing again hello and welcome to oh yeah that thing the podcast where we finally get around to that thing we heard about a while ago i'm pay i'm audrey woohoo here we are episode two i know we're actually following through with this thing. i know I'm really proud <laughs> <laughs> me too um yeah what's been going on with you um not much Went to a show yesterday, nice. thought I was going to lose my voice, and glad I didn't, because otherwise we wouldn't be doing this. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't, too. Yeah. Um, well, I guess I could have done it, like, whisper ASMR style, oh, I guess. Just Somebody podcast. would be very into it. Yeah. You know, I was going to say in a creepy way, but I actually like ASMR. I can't. Some of it. Well, see, I can't do the ones... Well, I've actually never tried to listen to them, because the ones that I've come across the <clears> most are all, like chewing ones and i oh ew despise the sound of people chewing (laughs) so it's a lot of like have you seen it's like they'll take like a cucumber and they'll be like (laughs) (laughs) yes i I have i'm aware of those and i don't like it at all yeah um the ones i like are i actually don't seek out too many asmr videos Mm um i just watch things that i guess give me asmr i don't know if that's the right terminology um but uh things like it's usually crafting or cooking related okay so uh watching martha stewart's show is definitely the first thing that ever gave me asmr Uh um in retrospect i'm like oh okay Uh that makes so much sense so things like that just very quiet making things cooking stuff yeah the new one is uh there's this youtube channel i love called the craftsman okay and this is guy he lives somewhere in the south i can't remember where and he makes all these cool crafts but he has like a very soft like quiet voice uh-huh. and, uh the first episode he had a puppet that was the craftsman and he's recently brought back the puppet and i'm oh, very nice. excited oh yeah like he's that. great I love him. I can I can get down with stuff like that. Yeah, I mm-hmm. just don't want anybody chewing in my ear. <laughs> exactly, no. <laughs> I just also realized I don't know what ASMR stands for. Uh, oh, I see. Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. That's fancy. Sure. Those are words. Yeah. Like that go together, words. I guess. <laughs> I would have assumed it was like audio but i guess it doesn't have to be audio it can just be like touch and stuff which not my thing yeah i also assumed it was audio oh and on the google page under asmr artists it says bob ross is one of them i understand that uh yeah, yeah. he's in there what is it I the can, yeah what does he call them pretty little trees something little trees? happy little happy trees. little trees that's yeah. the one yeah yeah. Like just like the sound of the breaststrokes. Mm-hmm. He's so calm. And he has like he has such a great like soothing voice. So Yeah. I get that. That's good. Yeah. Well what's new with you? Uh not too much. Um I <laughs> I don't know why I was thinking about this, but a couple weeks ago I went to see um the Lego movie too with one of my friends. 
and um, there was this kid in there who was screaming for like the first 10 minutes of the movie just like straight up yelling well he was yelling no mom no and at some point Uh. he like ran away from his mother and then she went to catch him and they sat down and she was like holding him and then he was just screaming the whole time it was so weird and so then they left and i was like okay cool now i can focus on the movie but then they came back and he was was still screaming and still trying to get away from her and so of course i couldn't focus on the movie because i was like well what's going on with this kid is he scared of the lego movie does he like did this lady kidnap him yeah forcing him to watch his mom yeah watch lego movie eventually they came and like told them to leave which was good but uh and then my friend later asked for free tickets and we got free tickets so we can go see another movie but um so good tip go to a movie screening yeah. where a child has been kidnapped yes. and you'll get free tickets <laughs> yes look out for those kidnapped children they are your tickets <laughs> to <laughs> to free movies oh boy yeah it was just it was so strange and it was very distracting it's hard to watch a movie when there's uh a kid yelling <laughs> Oh, I know. Yeah. That happens in my apartment. Oh, yeah. That upstairs kid. Yeah. Who is suspiciously quiet now. Uh-oh. He was running around and yelling. <laughs> I, mm. I think my upstairs neighbor is going to have a baby, and I'm a little bit scared about that. Oh, no. <laughs> so we'll see we, what happens there. We were talking about that my partner not too long ago, that having a baby in an apartment would be a fucking nightmare not just for you but everyone around you yep yep and our walls oh. are are well, well no we have <laughs> <laughs> there's a, a her apartment is directly above my bedroom and so yes if if there's going to be a baby here in a couple months i will be hearing it there's oh, no man. doubt about it you're gonna but, have to invest in some good earplugs yes i think so um, but yeah. Well, apparently there's those like I saw commercials for it, those Bose earplugs. Oh, I have not seen that. That like play white noise. Oh, that's kind of smart. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should we talk about our things? Yeah. So, um, so this is great. Um, <laughs> so our theme, our theme this week is uh, movies that we already know, like the twists or big spoiler to. Mm-hmm. Um, so this this week we chose um, Seven and Gone Girl, and the movie, not the book. Yes, I don't exactly. feel like reading the book. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we uh, the fun part about it is this is also we have a little sub theme on accident <laughs> of David Fincher movies. <laughs> yeah, um, I didn't even realize that myself. Uh, it wasn't until I mentioned the two movies we were watching to my partner, and he was like, oh, David Fincher's the theme? I was like, oh, no. No, no. <laughs> I guess that also works. Yeah. yeah, I was looking up Gone Girl on Wikipedia before I watched it, and I was like, oh, David Fincher directed this, and then I was like, mm, I'm pretty sure David Fincher directed Seven, too, and then I looked it up, and I was like, this is correct. So um, I love I love an accidental theme. So, <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I guess they're both thrillers. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, let's talk seven first. Seven. 
So, uh, of course, spoilers abound. Yes. That wasn't obvious enough, <laughs> considering we watched this already spoiled. Yeah. But Seven is, at its core, it's like a classic old grizzled detective and his new young uh, partner mm-hmm. kind of story where Morgan Freeman is the older detective, Somerset, who's getting ready to retire in seven days. Yeah. Uh, clever. <laughs> um, that part I did not know. I was like, oh, seven days and seven murders. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Brad Pitt is Detective Mills, the younger uh, detective who asked to get transferred to the city we never really know why Mm -mm. which bothered me actually the entire time because somerset asked mills several times why did you beg to get transferred here and mills never answers he Um, does give a vague answer he says i wanted to make a difference and that's all he yeah Yeah. that's that seemed like a lie (laughs) (laughs) um and so the big thing is that he gets this new partner, and they think it's going to be just like a quiet week. And then um, they are assigned to this very grisly murder of um, an overweight man whose stomach has burst. Mm-hmm. And it's Somerset, who is the smarter of the two. Yes. Just objectively. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, eventually puts together that it is connected to another murder um, uh, of this lawyer who, I guess, was famous for defending essentially people who were uh, guilty mm-hmm. um, and doing it to make good money. Um, and so, oh, he puts it together. It's all the seven deadly sins mm-hmm. and... That this murderer is essentially preaching to humanity that we are garbage. Um, And so they work together to try and figure it out. They eventually um, track down a guy named John Doe Mm -hmm. um, through super secret ways of tracking uh, library records, which (laughs) I don't think you can do that anymore. (laughs) No. <laughs> as easily as you used to um the ala is actually pretty big on privacy and uh doesn't share checkout records and fair. some yeah unless they have like a some sort of warrant yeah. or something i think but many systems don't even save your checkout history anymore since oh. it's all electronic to help protect your privacy nice. so it was kind of interesting this is also what 1995 five mm-hmm. so it was a while ago um also i might be wrong about those records i just remember that from library <laughs> school where people are like we care about privacy i'm like cool yeah. um but that's a side story anyway so they put together this guy and they end up at his apartment and when they're waiting for him because um, he's not answering the door john doe actually shows up and they uh, chase after him and mills gets so close to catching him but then John Doe gets the upper hand and kind of uh, beats him unconscious and doesn't kill him. Um, at the same time, Mills' wife is upset about the move because it's a garbage city. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out she's pregnant and she tells Somerset and Somerset has this whole story about, you know, don't tell him if you're going to 
get rid of the baby. Like, if you're just going to get rid of it, get rid of it. If you want to keep it, then tell him because... Yeah. Reasons. Um, they track the... Six of math. Five sin <laughs> murders. Uh, the last one... Um, I can't remember if the last one was pride or lust. I think the last one was pride. Oh, pride. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they kind of skipped over pride really quickly. Yeah. I guess we can go over the individual ones um, in a sec. But the last two are envy and wrath. And when they're trying to put it together, John Doe actually turns himself in. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> because now they know he's the guy and all the evidence is in his apartment. So these are like the last two tricks up his sleeve. Mm -hmm. And so he turns himself in, guarantees a full confession, and won't plead insanity if Mills and Somerset will go with him at like 6 p.m. to a specific spot. Um, And it can be only them. And so it turns out John Doe had set up a delivery of Mills' wife's head in a box. What's in the box? What's in the box? And we all knew what was in the box. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I was watching it, even if I didn't already know what was in the box, I think I probably would have figured it out pretty easily what's in the box. Oh, really? I don't know well, I, I would. Well, maybe not the head. I would have guessed it was the baby. Oh. Like the unborn child. But she wasn't far enough along for that yeah. to be good enough. So yeah. I figured it would have been something. Because the entire time, Mills is a very angry man. He is. And so it was clear, I'm like, well, you're wrath because you are the worst detective. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All he do, does is like yell at John Doe and like antagonize him. Like, you are not good at your job. How are you, how are you still here? And so it turns out the final murders are Mills for wrath, um, but instead he murders his wife as punishment, I guess. And then his punishment will be getting arrested and possibly death penalty. I don't know if that was the idea. And then Envy, which is John Doe, Envy Mills's lovely life with his wife. Mm-hmm. And so he goads him on and off and Mills shoots Doe. So they can't actually convict him. And so the last two sins are uh, complete. 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 Yeah, it was an all right. (laughs) It was all right. (laughs) You weren't into it too much? Um, I did enjoy it. I found it a little... I don't know what's the word for Everything was a little over-exaggerated. Like, I enjoy true crime and learning about murders and serial killers and stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, because I am a lady and it seems we tend to like those things. <laughs> um, and so this one, well, it was kind of interesting and fun to put, not fun, but interesting to put the different sins and try and figure out what the different murders are going to be. Yeah. Um, I thought the ending was almost too neat. Okay. I was kind of disappointed by how neat the ending was. That's really interesting because I was reading when I was reading like trivia and backstory about the movie. Apparently, um, the studio didn't like that ending. Uh, they mm-hmm. thought it was too like dark and bleak. 
and um, they were like, what if something else is in the box? Like, what if it's the dog's head in the box? Like, they really didn't like the idea of Mills's wife being in the box, and I, or mm. wife's head being in the box, and I don't, um, and I can't remember what they thought about the whole, like, Mills shooting Doe thing, but they, they thought it ended too down, and they, they thought it would be too bleak of an ending. I think that's fine. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I think yeah. it's kind of silly to think that every movie needs to have, like, a happier, uplifting, or hopeful ending. Oh, yeah. Like, this whole movie was so dark and depressing yeah. that I wasn't expecting a happy ending in the first place. Yeah. So, it a dark be, ending yeah. makes sense. <laughs> but there, I don't know. You think it was, like, too neat that he actually got to complete his seven things, or? I... Maybe I'm I'm not describe, explaining this how I feel correctly. <laughs> it's I like that the seven were complete. Uh huh. Um, and it was kind of clever that in the end he goaded him on to kill him. But there are a couple. Well, let's just go through the murders because there were, it wasn't just these that I wasn't totally sold on. Okay. The first one was gluttony Mm -hmm. so the overweight man who was a shut-in and that he essentially made him eat and eat and eat and eat and eat and throw up and eat and eat and eat and and then i guess the official cause of death was he like kicked him or something so his stomach exploded yeah um because he was hemorrhaging internally or something um the next one was greed with the lawyer Mm -hmm. um which i liked that one because they had the clue where he like put the glasses on the wife's picture mm-hmm. so that the only way they would notice anything weird would be when she was like well this painting is upside down and yeah. go and figure out that John Doe had switched the painting and that's how they tracked down Sloth yeah. which was the first one where I was just like yeah I didn't get that mm-hmm. one okay. <laughs> to be um, honest yeah it was definitely just very disturbing oh yeah it was really gross um, <laughs> Because it is a pedophile that the lawyer um, defended, and so he never went to jail for molesting children, mm-hmm. which is garbage. Mm-hmm. And he's also a drug dealer, I think, as he's well. He's also a drug dealer, yeah. And so he tied him up and essentially starved him to death, and this is when they figure out that John Doe had been working on these crimes for like a year. Yeah. Because... The big thing is that he was taking a picture every single day of this man. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they find him, he's actually not dead. Yeah, which was He's the... still alive. Yeah. Um, and so there's like a, a jump scare there for this very emaciated skeletal body. Yeah. Suddenly wheezing and breathing. But essentially he will die because he's been so tortured for a year. But I didn't understand why he was sloth other than I he just kept him. either still i found somebody was somebody online was asking that question and some other person responded to them and said that maybe the connection was like the drug dealing part and because you could consider like drug dealing to be like a lazy way of making money but then i but other than that i don't think i would call drug dealers lazy (laughs) (laughs) i mean there is some level of slaw i mean of sorry of hustle to it um, yeah, but that was that person's explanation, or what they thought could be a possible explanation for why that. Person I guess, was and like of the of the crimes he'd committed, I figured the child molestation would be the worst. Part. Yeah, but then I don't know how sloth would connect to yeah. that. Like I so, feel like that would be like lust or something like that. 
Yeah, so that one was put upon him. I mean, I, I, I don't know what would have been. It was like he picked this guy just so they could connect it to the lawyer. Yeah, which rather than actually connecting the victim to the sin. Yeah, which is weird because the first one is like an unrelated guy, and I think all the other people mm-hmm. are unrelated. So it seemed kind of weird that these two were connected. Yeah, especially when the second person's like sins did not fit the like sin that he was punishing him for yeah so that one was eh. yeah i don't know i i in many ways um the first guy would have also worked for sloth as a shut-in who never leaves his house yeah that kind of thing so but i guess he couldn't do two cents for one dude (laughs) then Excuse me. Uh, So that was three. So the next two are pride and lust. Mm -hmm. Maybe I am losing my voice. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) So those two, I can't remember the exact order they were in. Because pride was pretty quick. Yeah. Like a throwaway murder in this. um, The beautiful woman. um, I think she might have been the last one. Because I feel like they were coming back from that to the police station when John Doe turns himself in because they have the whole interrogation scene for right, 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 for right, lust. Right. That's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Let's talk about lust first, then, mm-hmm. because this is the one I hated the most. Yes, the most disturbing. <laughs> um, the most disturbing for so many reasons. One, the method. Yes, which is um, John Doe commissioned this like um, strap-on device that had a knife at the end of it. He followed this woman to this sex worker to where she worked. She was with a John. He forced the John to murder her with the device. Mm -hmm. And so I hated this for so many reasons. One, this was for lust. And the person being punished is, of course, the woman. And not the man who has hired the sex worker. True, I didn't even think about that. Um, And so it's already like a little too real for comfort because that's already how the world sees sex workers in the first place i'm like this is the one that i could see actually happening yeah maybe not in as gruesome as a way as it did happen yeah but just it honestly does happen yeah no fairly regularly yeah which is sad and awful and i was like "Eh, and then two i hated it because i hated the john so much Because he was a fucking coward. I know. I would be like, just shoot me. I'm not going to do that. What are you talking about? He was so scared for his own fucking life and gave even less of a shit about this woman he had hired purely for his own sexual desire needs that he murdered her in a disgusting way because some other guy was holding a gun in his mouth. Like, I understand being afraid in a situation like that obviously but he would still have to do it yeah and then you'd have to live with the knowledge that you've done it which i guess you could say that's part of his punishment a lot worse for the woman obviously but like that's i would be like you can just kill me then because i'm not going to do that first of all and then i'm not going to live with the knowledge that i've done something like that for the rest of my life and then they're (laughs) both then they're both punished for lust like yeah. So that that's why I hated this one so much because it was the closest to being actually plausible in the real world mm-hmm. and the John was the worst. Yeah. 
device. Yeah, when they like reveal the picture of what the device is, because when, um, when they re- get to the scene, thankfully they didn't actually show the woman's body. I will say like, that's one thing I appreciated about this movie is, I guess it's probably on purpose to. It's probably worse what your imagination can do with the idea than them mm-hmm. showing you. And I appreciated they didn't show that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciated that a lot. Same with like the head in the box. Too. Yeah, I was actually kind yeah. of expecting to see it, but. So yeah. I was surprised that we didn't. Which is good. Yeah. Because it's especially the um the the women that were murdered were murdered in like very like there's a lot of mutilation involved. Yeah. Unlike I guess the emaciated man could count that as mutilation too and to a certain extent. But he did cut off his hand. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He cut off his hand. <laughs> um, he did some pretty gross things to these people. Yeah, he did some really gross things to these people. But there's something about the, the, the like the bodily mutilation of the women. Oh, that yeah. I'm glad we didn't see. Yeah, and there was a there was a, a definite touch of misogyny to the way that he treated his female victims. I mean, like with most serial killers. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> that was very realistic. Um, yeah, so that was the very disturbing lust murder, and then, like you said, the last one was Pride, which was, like I said, kind of a throwaway. The um, tied up this woman, right? I guess I can't remember exactly, but he he essentially found this woman who I assumed was like a model or something because mm-hmm. she had like pictures of herself blown up all around her and he mutilated her face, cut off her nose and like wrapped her up, glued, like super glued uh, her phone to one hand, which is a very nice 90s cordless phone. <laughs> yeah. And the other hand was like a bottle of sleeping pills and he essentially gave her the ultimatum of either call someone for help um live but be ugly and mutilated mutilated yeah um your whole life and be known for that rather than being known for how beautiful you used to be or kill yourself and i guess she chooses to kill herself Mm -hmm. is the assumption the assumption with what they're implying and so that's pride um which I wasn't expecting that to be pride. I was definitely expecting it to be a very cocky man. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so the fact that it was, again, another woman being punished for essentially finding herself beautiful. Yeah. Clearly to a narcissistic extent. Yeah. Um, but, but no one needs to be punished for that. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> yeah. again with this shit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then poor um, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's character Tracy Tracy thank you it's like they say her name like twice so I can't <laughs> I couldn't remember it um, and then poor Tracy is just murdered for living her life yeah pretty much and being connected to her husband <laughs> yeah she just gets what's the word iceboxed is that what it is fridged fridged thank you yeah. <laughs> iceboxed is the old fashioned term <laughs> <Yeah>. for it <laughs> Yeah, so she just got before the 1950s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Tracy just get fridged. That was like her only yeah purpose in this movie was so that Detective Mills will will become wrath John Doe. Yeah, yeah. 
So I guess those are all the reasons why I didn't really enjoy it as much. I will say that when I started, I felt like such a creep watching this movie because I watched it during my lunch breaks at work. (laughs) And so I would like go into a court and I was like, I don't want anyone to know I'm watching this fucking disturbing movie. Just like sitting in the library watching Seven. Uh, (laughs) um, So I did watch a lot of it on my phone, which I don't know if that made a difference really Mm -hmm. it actually made it look a lot darker because my phone screen is always pretty dark so when i watched the last bit at home on like our larger tv and like full brightness i was like oh it's not as dark (laughs) as i thought (laughs) so it added to the atmosphere yeah um but in the first half hour we were watching i was watching i was like this isn't as weird as i thought it was gonna be and i realized it was because for about the hundredth time, I was mixing up David Fincher with David Lynch. Oh. <laughs> Every goddamn time I think about David Fincher, I think it's David Lynch. <laughs> Just the similar sounds in the last name. Yeah. I don't know. And the funny thing is, I've definitely seen a lot more David Fincher stuff, so you think he'd be the one that sticks in my mind. I was actually surprised by how many things of his I've seen. <laughs> same and i was like why why is this dude's name just not sticking in my head it's like it's always david lynch like why isn't this oh i don't think i like david fender he's very weird being david lynch i was like oh yeah that is what i mean so in the end seven seemed pretty normal yeah compared to what what i was expecting that's funny yeah i feel like i've been talking a lot about it and i don't know what you had Oh, yeah. So I I enjoyed it for the most part. I don't tend to watch movies like this. Like, I'm not, not that I don't like thrillers or anything like that, but I just, it's not the kind of movie I gravitate towards. So it's mm-hmm. like a different sort of thing. Um, I really liked Morgan Freeman in it. Uh, <laughs> it's always a delight, though. Um, <laughs> he wore the biggest boxer shorts I've ever seen in my life for this movie. <laughs> I don't think I noticed. <laughs> it was... It was near the end where he couldn't sleep, and so he, like... Oh, and he's doing his knife throwing? Pulls, yeah, he's throwing his knife uh-huh. on the... I think they were just really long boxer shorts. I don't think they were pajama pants. Oh, I didn't I didn't notice. <laughs> so, it made me... That made me laugh. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I liked it. I probably wouldn't, like, watch it again. Um, but... Oh, okay, so here's a question, and I guess we'll also ask this when we get to Gone Girl, but did you do you think that knowing how it ended affected the movie for you? Like, did it did it take any tension out? Was it? Um, I don't think so. But, Same. like I said, it's it was pretty clear once Mills was angry all the time that he was Wrath. Interesting. So, I did not make that connection at all. <laughs> I mean, all he did was yell. <laughs> yeah and he just didn't he was not into due process yeah. at all so um and i figured it would have to affect one of the detectives because in these kind of movies it, it always does yeah it always gets personal um, exactly it always yeah. it always gets personal <laughs> so i figured it wouldn't be somerset because he had literally no connections and zero shits of his personal life yeah. all he cared about was work so it had to be mills um like I said, if I didn't know it was her head in the box, I don't know if I would have known it was that specifically. Mm-hmm. If she had been um, pregnant to the point 
where there would have been a fetus, then I would have guessed it would have been the baby. Mm-hmm. But like I said, she, he didn't even know she was pregnant. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, I, in the beginning, I didn't, because I didn't make that connection between Mills and Rath, I just, I didn't, I, so I knew her head would end up in a box, um, and that's all I knew, so I didn't know how we were going to get from point A to point B, so it didn't really affect the movie for me that much. I think the point where I was like, oh, okay, I understand how we get here, is when they discover in the apartment, because there's, so there's a scene where after one of the murders, this photographer guy comes up and starts taking pictures of them, and Mills gets really angry and, like, knocks the camera out of his hand and tells him to go away. I guess you never really see the guy's face, because I didn't realize it was, it ended up, it ends up being John Doe. So they find mm-hmm. the pictures of them, and they're like, oh, shit, the guy who came to take these pictures was John Doe, like, checking in on his work. Um, and so that's, when they find those pictures in the apartment and make that connection, that's when I was like, okay, now I understand, like, he had a direct, um, a direct interaction with Mills where he got to see how angry this dude is. And, um, and then I was like, okay, I think I understand at least vaguely where this is going and how Tracy ends up being involved. So, yeah, but yeah, but up until that point, I was like, eh, I don't know how she's going to end up in that position. (laughs) (laughs) I will say the one thing it did affect is probably the fact that I knew Kevin Spacey was the murderer. I did too, but then I didn't recognize him as the, did you recognize him as the photographer? No, but I think that was on purpose because they don't show his okay, face. Okay, that's what I thought. And like the way they shoot it, when he first shows up, like his camera's up above. So I don't even know if it was actually Kevin Spacey in those scenes or not, uh-huh. or just like a stand-in. And then when he's like going down the stairs, he's backlit, so you also don't see anything. He has like his hat and his jacket. Uh-huh. Same thing when he they come across him yeah, in his you never apartment. Yeah, his face. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and in the. I noticed this too in the credits, they don't list his name. Yes, I did read that later. I And I always do this. I Wikipedia at first, so it was like, Brad Pitt is this person, Morgan Freeman is this person, and Kevin Spacey is a serial killer. So I didn't know it was supposed to be <laughs> like a secret. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I don't think I, yeah. Yeah, so I thought, I think that was the one thing that I, if I were to have seen this before, I would have enjoyed being like, oh, uh-huh. because at the, t- I mean, I was a child at the time, but. At some point in my life, I was like, oh, cool, Kevin Spacey. Not so much anymore. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> when things that I'd heard about him were confirmed. Yeah. I'm like, oh, so those things were true. Yeah. <laughs> oh. um, so I'm, at the time, I'm sure it was like, for people watching, like, oh, what? Yeah, because apparently they kept him, yeah, they kept him out of the credits and they didn't he didn't do any promotion for it. So I don't think people knew that he was in the movie. So it probably was like a fun surprise. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think, what had he done before that? Kevin Spacey? Cause he was already, yeah. Cause he was already well known, right? He, probably. I actually don't know that much about Kevin Spacey's career, to be honest. If they were trying to hide him as the murderer, at least. Let's see. Let me do a quick, quick little IMDB. Oh, the usual suspects. Well, that came out the same year. So that probably wasn't a part of it. Let's see. Pre-1995. Well, he was in Working Girl. Okay. Which I've never seen, but well, I was just told yesterday to watch. Okay. <laughs> I saw at, at, in Bob's Burgers, they did Working Girl the Musical, I think. Mm. So I, I I was like, oh, I should watch that. Um... Yeah, he 
He was in L.A. Lava. That was one episode. Yeah, so I think The Usual Suspects was, but that came out that same year. Doesn't I don't think he was like a huge star hmm. at that point. Never mind then. Yeah. But yeah, I, it was interesting. Um, I will say that if I were to ever become a serial killer, I think I'd probably definitely be a themed serial killer. That's <laughs> the lesson I took from this movie. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> I'm just almost dropping things. <laughs> but yeah. What would be your theme? Oh, that is a great question. What would be my theme? I would, maybe I would do something really obscure that like, would be like what would I do? I was thinking I could be it could be really wild and connected to Degrassi in some way. Um, but I don't know how I would do that. Or right. Harry Potter. Hmm. You could get seven cruxes. Maybe or oh yeah or just like like themed by the books. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'd have to get really creative with that. Yeah. Well, you got time. You don't have to be a serial killer. Now. That's true. What about you? What would be your serial killer theme? I don't think I'd become a serial killer. If I were to murder, I'd probably just be like one and done. <laughs> I'm done. I mean, it's probably going like... to find me. It's probably, it's probably messy. <laughs> it seems like a lot of, not seems, it definitely probably is a lot of work to be a serial killer. Um, oh, for sure. Like, it's frightening how much work goes into it. Yeah. that's. I guess that's where the socio pathicness pops in or whatever yeah. yeah as far as david fincher serial killer movies though i like zodiac better i was just told that i should watch that uh, yeah that's another that's themed one. serial killer right but that's a real life one yes that's a real life one and that's why it's scarier yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's also one of the reasons that seven probably wasn't as creepy um because the the Creepy things in movies, I find, are usually for me anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, when it, I feel like it could happen. Yeah. And the murders in this case were so sensational and dramatic mm-hmm. and over the top to the point of like, just they weren't believable anymore. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. The methodology, anyway. Maybe yeah. not the reasoning. The reasoning, I could see um, someone yeah, doing something that. like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but the methodology specifically was just so. It was too much to be believable. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's gross and yeah. disturbing, but yeah. eh, I didn't find it creepy. I didn't feel like I had to be extra sure that yeah. my doors were locked. I just do that anyway. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> cool. Anyway. Should we talk Gone right. Girl? Let's talk Gone Girl. Cool. All right. So, uh, Gone Girl uh, is another David Fincher movie. It's from 2014. It's based on Gillian Flynn's novel of the same name from 2012. Uh, stars Ben Affleck and Rosamund Pike as the couple. The main couple of the movie, uh, Nick Dunn, Nick and Amy Dunn. Um, so the basic, very basic premise of the movie is that Amy goes missing, and um, at first it's just treated treated as like a missing persons case, and then it starts to look like 
Nick murdered his wife. Um, they discover like blood that's been cleaned up in the kitchen. There was the the sign of a struggle that was they initially found seemed too staged, um, and um, so Nick's in hot water um, because also he's been like carrying on an affair. Um, all these suspicious purchases are in his name that they can't find. Um, he um, got what do you call it? Um, he took out a bigger life insurance on his wife. Like he looks really suspicious um and so intercut with what's going on with him as they're like discovering all these things are entries from amy's diary so she kind of chronicles the relationship how it started out really great and then eventually she and nick both lost their jobs she gave up some money from her trust fund to her parents she's also like pretty well off her parents have this uh, book series based on her called amazing amy um that was very popular and basically amazing amy would do all the things that real life amy <laughs> couldn't do <laughs> she would do them better um so she kind of has some resentment about that and so then nick's mom gets sick and they move back to his hometown in missouri um to take care of his mother who ends up passing away um so at a certain point nick Oh, okay, yes. So then we we all think that Nick has probably murdered his wife because he in the in the diary Amy kind of presents him as someone who was loving at first and then is like dissatisfied with his life and is getting abusive. Um and then just so many things are coming out. She's pregnant, um he's having an affair, um people are suspicious of his really close relationship with his twin sister. It doesn't look good for him. Um so then we hit the middle of the movie where we discover that Amy is still alive, dun dun dun, <laughs> and she has very elaborately and meticulously framed her husband for her murder because she discovered that he was cheating on her. Um, so she she's very meticulous about it. She um, this diary of hers was not one that she even actually ever kept. She was just like. Um, she had started doing it when she decided she was going to frame her husband for murder. Um, she elaborately staged the scene to look like Nick had staged a break-in and cleaned up her... Like, she bled herself out on the floor and then cleaned it up to make it look like someone haphazardly cleaned up some terrible thing. And anyway, so she... And she, like, bought a car, and she's, like, way far away. She, like, stole her friend's urine, or her friend, I say that in quotes, because she does not like anybody, apparently. She stole this lady's urine to take to the doctor's office to say that she was pregnant. Um, she did a lot. Oh, and she bought, like, all these things in Nick's name, hid it in Margot, his twin sister's shed. He, she asked him to, like, sign the form to up her life insurance. She did her work. She did <laughs> put in a lot of work. Um, and then tries to, she's like going to go away and kill herself. Um, but then things don't go as planned. She gets robbed and she, it's a lot. Anyway, <laughs> a lot happens. Uh, Nick figures out that he's being framed. Um, she gets in contact with an ex-boyfriend who she had accused of stalking him, stalking her at some point. And he's creepy and pretty much traps her. So then he, she has to like, she murders him to get away from him and get back to Nick. Um, he's not that happy to see her. <laughs> um, and she basically traps him because she like stole his, got his sperm from the, from when they were trying to do fertility treatments, impregnates herself and is like, you're stuck with me. And that's how it ends. 
Um, there's a lot more detail in there, but then we would be talking for a long time <laughs> about what happens. But basically, this woman frames her husband for murder. And for the first part of the movie, you think that if you don't know the twist, you think that Nick killed his wife, even though he's insisting that he didn't do all these things that she's set up to make it look like he did. But yeah. So that's that's the, the basic premise of Gone Girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'd seen this movie before, and I actually read the book right before the movie came out, but you'd never seen it before, right? I had not. Um, I knew the twist because that book was such a hit. And because I'm hipster trash, I don't like to read books <laughs> that get really popular. <laughs> it's, it, it, it goes as far back as Harry Potter. Uh, the fact that I read those at all was a miracle. Um, but my mom was reading it. And so I was like, eh, just, just, just tell me what happened. Yeah. She's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> Whatever. I just want to know. Um, and so I knew it just because my mom told me mm-hmm. what happened in the book. So in turn, I knew what would happen in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did not know reading the book. And I'm trying to remember. It's been a while. I think I read it right before the movie came out. I wanted to read the book before I watched the movie. Um and I think I remember being surprised. I don't think I expected him. I don't, yeah, I didn't expect Amy to be alive and I didn't expect her to have gone through such great lengths to punish her husband. <laughs> oh, yeah. I always assume it's the husband because most of the time it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is the assumption that Amy was operating under. <laughs> yes. I do have a question for you. Yes. As someone who read the book and watched the movie. Mm-hmm. So watching the movie... I didn't, I don't think I would have thought he was involved just mm-hmm. because of the point of view of the movie. Okay. It yeah. was definitely from his point of view and he was clearly confused. Yeah. Um, it wasn't like a third person or a different character who thinks it's him. Yeah. Like if it was from the detective, um, I have her name written down. Boney, I think it is. Yeah. Detective Boney. Yeah. Interesting name. <laughs> um, then I, for sure, would have been like mm-hmm. the whole time just like her, but like it's definitely this guy. Um, but she gave him the benefit of the doubt because she's a good detective. Yeah, I liked her. Um, yeah, so because of the the point of view, I was like, well, I don't know if I would have thought he was involved. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed the twist that she was. It was all her. Yeah. Um, so I was curious how in the book is it. How do they do it? Is is the first part from his point of view? Is it like a um, omniscient narrator? If you remember, uh, that I'm trying to remember because I was looking up the differences between the book and the movie to refresh my memory. Um, I think so. The first part of the book, it's kind of a dual narration. Nick, it, oh, I think it's a. I think it's a. Uh, I think it is an, um, uh, what's the word? <laughs> um, omniscient. Yes, thank you. Omniscient uh, narrator for Nick's portions. And then I think Amy's portions are her diary. But you know what? I can check. Pause one oh, second. yeah. I have we the book. Have the internet. <laughs> oh, we have the book. Yes. <laughs> Let's see. Okay, so I'm looking at the book right now. Okay, the book is first person. Sorry. So the book is first person in both of theirs. So in the first half, Nick is telling his story from his point of view. 
and then Amy is it it's diary entries from the first part. Okay, so and then it's, it's playing off the idea of like one of them has to be an unreliable yes. narrator. Then mm-hmm. okay, um, so yeah, I think I can't remember, but I am assuming that I would. Well, he is unreliable because, but you do. Okay, it's interesting because. Um, in the first part of the book, before you find out he's having an affair, he keeps getting this call that he's ignoring, kind of like how he was in the movie, this phone kept ringing, mm-hmm. but you don't pay too much attention to it. And you're kind of mm-hmm. like, what's going on there? And then I think, and I might be misremembering, but I think when he's like, okay, when he, when she does show up at Margot's house, he's like, okay, I have been leaving out something. I think talking to the reader being like, I, mm-hmm. I'm a dick. I should have told you I'm having an, I was having an affair. <laughs> um, but I do think that you you still assume that he's being framed by someone else. You're like, someone else killed Amy or took Amy, and mm-hmm. they're putting it on Nick for whatever reason. Okay. I think, because I, I don't know what else I would assume, because he spends, he is, they're both unreliable narrators, but you're spending so much time with him. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because in the movie it takes a while for her portions to come in. Yeah, when she, when we start to see where she is, so yeah, I was just curious what, yeah. the, what the difference was if it was harder to figure out what the truth was in the book because of just the way it was written. I think it was definitely you probably are suspicious of him, mm-hmm. but I think. You're like, either he's, I mean, just like in the movie, you're like, either he's done it and he's just really good at lying, or, like, someone else is, is putting this on him. He, he was too dumb. <laughs> he really was. I mean. He was so dumb. <laughs> so. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> um, but so, okay, so what did you think of, did you like the movie? Did you? I did. I have a soft spot for complex conniving psychopath female villains Mm -hmm. (laughs) so here was a lady who was all those things yeah um and i guess because i knew that's what she was doing i was kind of just waiting for her part to start because i wanted to know how she did it exactly Mm -hmm. um and so all the nick stuff was almost tiresome it does it makes you impatient with the first half you're like well i know he's innocent so let's skip to the part where we find out why (laughs) yeah and like i said he's just so dumb yeah that it was frustrating how dumb he was i was like really irritated with his inability to act like he was sad that his wife was missing it seems like pretty basic like even if you don't miss her you should act like you're sad (laughs) yeah like I don't, I know he had just decided he was going to ask for a divorce, but like some part of him must have cared still. Like he wouldn't want her bird. I don't know. Yeah. Or but what was the first part where? Oh, when they do the conference, the press conference, and he barely says anything. He's yeah. like, "Please help me find our wife." <laughs> thank you and yeah. then like her parents start talking about how wonderful she is like yeah dude yeah you should have said some of that stuff you should or done like the whole amy if you're listening we yeah. love you we miss you yeah <laughs> like, but um but the real tum-tum moment there was when they're taking his picture and someone says smile and he did it <laughs> that was a big thing in the books 
<laughs> you can't see me, but I'm waving my hands. I'm like, what kind of dumb dumb are you? <laughs> yeah, he was pretty stupid. Yeah, so like even that, I think like you're too dumb to have been able to kill her and like I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially because they did a pretty good job of like showing how educated and smart she was. Yeah. She had like two degrees from a couple Ivy Leagues and like came from a very different background than he did and was more ambitious and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I, there was an interesting thing with, um, with the book versus the movie for me, which I, I guess I was realizing it this time was I found not that I like thought he was good or or like felt sorry for him but I found his character to yeah well his character to be more sympathetic in the movies than he was in the book and I wasn't sure mm-hmm. if I was imagining it um but I looked it up and apparently so they they took some aspects of his character out of the book that they when they adapted it into the movie, which I think is interesting because Jillian Flynn adapted her own. Like, she wrote the screenplay as well. Hmm. And in the book, one thing is that, um, and this is just from reading on the internet because I don't remember it myself, but there's, like, a whole storyline that they kind of put on the back or whatever. They just, like, push it aside. The storyline of, like, him taking care of his father who's clearly, like, not all there anymore. He's very old. And has mm-hmm. some misogynistic tendencies, which you only get to see briefly. He, like, calls somebody a bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, like, a big deal in the book. Like, he's... And and they kind of touch on it a little bit with Margot being really disappointed when she finds out that Nick's having an affair. Because she's like, you're just like our dad. And something in the book is that Nick has a lot of... Because we're in his head, we hear a lot of his misogynistic thoughts. Like, he has a lot of, like, pretty terrible mm-hmm. thoughts towards the women that he encounters in mm-hmm. the book. And they took that aspect out of the movie, and he and he also is more kind of seems a little more sociopathic in the book. Like he seems more on level with Amy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just thought that was like an interesting. It seemed like an interesting choice to make. Like it seems it kind of ups Amy's crazy in a way by by like bringing him bringing him down. I just thought that was like such an interesting thing to do because I see more level in the end and and in the book you kind of get that I guess you kind of see it in the movie but Margot calls Nick out for like wanting to he's like I think she's like I think you want to stay with her because you like playing this game and like in the book when she he discovers what she's doing he's like okay game on like I can play this game too um mm. I don't know it, it seemed less it just seemed like he was at he was just like this dumb dumb floating in the wind. His like crazy <laughs> smart sociopathic wife <laughs> was yeah. like manipulating him when it's yeah you know. I just thought it was an interesting he, choice. I think I would have liked that better than I think so more too. Evenly matched because I found myself feeling um, kind of bad for him, even though he's not a good guy. But he he mm-hmm. was an even worse guy in the books. Yeah, I mean, obviously, just because you I mean, when cheating on your wife is a bad thing, you don't deserve to be framed for murder. <laughs> uh, you should, she should probably just divorce you. But um, yeah. it is, yeah. Is the or um, I'm assuming the creepy ex that's played by Neil Patrick Harris is in the book. Mm-hmm. Is the other ex also in the book? The guy yes, that oh. she 
frames That's for it. rape. Yes, that I also really did not like that. Um, two things. The movie came off a little bit more misogynistic to me for for those two reasons. Because in the book, that Tommy character, the story is pretty much the same where she frames him, but she drops the charges. So there's not a whole thing of him, like, I don't think there's the whole aspect of him, like, having to register as a sex offender and all that kind of stuff. And then mm-hmm. also they took out another person, which was a woman. It was a girl that she was friends with in high school that slighted her in some way that I can't remember, but obviously in a way that will not fit the crime that she does to her. <laughs> so she accuses this girl of stalking her, and then Amy like threw herself down the stairs and claimed that this girl pushed her down the stairs. Yes, taking out that lady made her seem like all her things are just directed at men, which just highlights that, like, ah, the crazy bitch who hates men. And and then the, I don't, I don't like the false rape charge thing. I mm-hmm. I know it happens, but it happens so minimally that it it's not worth talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um, at least in a fictional sense, because it just, like, it just, like, um, it, perpetuates that myth that like vindictive women are out in these streets accusing these poor men's of raping them and i just i really didn't i don't like that yeah i agree with you 100 percent, at least as movie aspect knowing that there was a female friend a lady friend that she also um manipulated in this way i think would have added a lot to the movie yeah it adds another dimension to her to her character, it doesn't make her seem like this crazy... It just it, it doesn't feed as much into the stereotype of the crazy woman who mm-hmm. has to get back at all the men who are slighting her in it, or who applies this punishment to men for, like, like slights and is, like, crazy and, and you know... Yeah. I'm not... Or even, like, they show her what she does physically so that when they examine her later after she kills oh um, yeah the desi neil patrick character is that his name desi? yeah right desi right desi is a cree <laughs> um like what she does to herself so that they're like oh yeah these are all signs of rape it's like yeah that i i i hate that we can't just have a vindictive woman character like Amy, who is terrifying and compelling, mm-hmm. and not have people in the real world be like, "See, yeah, see, yeah. all women are lying <laughs> and pretending that they're getting raped, yeah, when it's, it's not true." And I'm like, ah, it's 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 fiction. Yeah, I know that's <laughs> so, the thing. Yeah. Is is unfortunately when you're like, you have. Uh, you don't have that responsibility, but people put that responsibility on you if you choose to write about women or people of color or be, not choose to be a person, if you are a woman or person <laughs> of color, any sort of, like, oppressed person. Like, you, it's unfortunate that you can't just, like, do it without it having these implications. Because, mm-hmm. like, I mean, honestly, I do think that... Um, the Desi aspect would have worked if all she had done was like what she was doing, like tying rope around her wrists and her ankles to make it look like she had been tied up and like beating herself or whatever she did. I feel like that would have been enough to be like, this guy kidnapped me. And like, she didn't Mm -hmm. necessarily need to accuse him of rape in the context of the movie. 
to like yeah. be believed that she was hurt in some way like like she already had mm-hmm. the the narrative of him kidnapping her so yeah like she could have what could she have done yeah, she could have just done that, pretend she was tied up, and then she killed, still could have murdered him because he was trying to rape her. Yeah, yeah. And, like, that could have been the story. Yeah. Granted, if Desi had actually kidnapped her and tied her up, he probably would have been raping her from the beginning, so <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Not great. No, anyway. no. So. But, yeah, it was, I, I mean, in the... Uh, I liked the book. I thought it was really interesting. I had I had never read anything like it before, and mm-hmm. um, I kind of, in a way, appreciated that she the great lengths that she went to <laughs> to destroy her husband's life. Um, <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm not smart enough to figure out. I, no. I would have no desire to, but there's also, yeah, a, <laughs> I don't know. There's also a great aspect in the book that they leave out in the movie where she faked a blood phobia for the whole time or for a long time. So that when she gets, or I guess just to first of all, have the narrative that she's afraid of blood. So no one would think that she would ever like bleed herself out to mm. fake a murder or a major injury and then also mm-hmm. so when she went to the doctor's office to get her like fake pregnancy that they would accept the urine test instead of doing a blood test um because obviously if they took her blood they would know that she wasn't pregnant oh okay but that yeah. way when she uses her stolen urine she's he can be like oh, no, i'm afraid of blood so then they just like use this do the urine test okay. <laughs> interesting yeah so she was, there was... planning <laughs> um there was one point at the end where when she's finally come back and she's being interviewed by the FBI investigators. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was an interesting choice, be it in the book or just the movie. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But all the FBI investigators are men. Yes. And Detective Boney is the only woman in the room. Mm-hmm. And she has, she's, asking all the right questions yeah (laughs) (laughs) like at this point um she and nick are on the same side again like even nick's like oh now we want to be friends like well now i know you didn't murder your wife (laughs) so yes and then um she's listening to the or catching just the the weird holes in her story yeah and the fact that all the investigators are like uh we just this this poor beautiful white yeah. woman just came back. <laughs> Let's leave her alone, investigator. And then uh, I guess just never follow up on her, any of those questions that Detective Boney had. Nope. Which if they did, fucking Amy would have to tumble like crazy to yeah. make those those things line up anymore. Yeah, there's a lot of threads that could have been pulled and would have unraveled her whole story, mm-hmm. and that Boney so, was trying to pull. And it is interesting because then it just highlights that thing that I think Jillian Flynn was going for, that that people don't expect women to be capable of that kind of thing. So no one would ever think that mm-hmm. she would have framed her, like, faked her own kidnapping or, or, or killed this guy just out of... I mean, she did need to get away from it. She probably didn't need to kill him, but... <laughs> um, but yeah, they wouldn't, they wouldn't think her capable of doing anything like that 
Like, mm-hmm. that wasn't in self-defense. Yeah. 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 So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. I liked, yeah, I liked uh, Detective Boney a lot. Same. Cool. Yeah. I liked her too. She took no shit. <laughs> I liked... Even when adorable Patrick Fugit, who was like the cop that, or I don't know, he wasn't a detective too, right? He was just a cop. He might have been. I'm not sure. Yeah. I can't remember. But I was excited to see his cute little face. I <laughs> but like the entire time, I was like, just arrest him. He killed her. He yeah. was like, I'm doing my job correctly. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I liked her and I liked Margot a lot. I felt bad yeah, Margo, for Margot. <laughs> I felt so bad for Margot. Yeah. There is a little bit of, you mentioned how in the book, Margot accuses Nick of enjoying the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess they very very briefly touch on that at the end of the movie yeah when he tells Margot that he's gonna stay with her because she's pregnant Mm -hmm. and so there's like no way that he would get custody of the child which is so true yeah it's 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 very hard for a man to uh, receive custody of their children especially when there's that main that uh Amy's making him maintain the facade that he was, like, abusive to, towards her. Right. Yeah. Um, and so Margot says something to the effect of, you want to stay with her, but that's as much as we get of of that possible back and forth that, yeah. that Nick and Amy had. Um, does and he... they do... Oh. oh, sorry. I was just going to say, in the movie, does she say the thing of of that he would be bored with any other woman? Amy? That, no. Amy says that. Oh, Amy does. You're right, you're right. Yeah, in the movie, Amy says it. Um, This is actually the scene I was about about to bring up. Mm -hmm. Um, They do still plant, like, a seed of doubt about Nick's character when they have the the cable news lady come who, like, vilified Nick the whole time Uh um, and implied incest between him and (laughs) and Margot. Yeah. Um, When she comes over to the house for their like an interview of the happy couple. Yeah. And he goes upstairs to find Amy. That's when Amy reveals that she's pregnant. And he says, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to leave you. I'm going to tell them everything. Mm -hmm. And Amy's the one who brings up, you only enjoy trying to be the man I want you to be. Like, yeah. Like you think you, you would be happy with, some midwestern girl she's like i'm it oh no yeah i did like that little speech (laughs) yeah um but in that scene he does slam her up against the wall like he is physical with her um so they do plant that seed that he had he he's capable of everything she was accusing him of Mm -hmm. but whether or not he had done it up to that point maybe now he's more willing because he knows what she wanted to do to him yeah that he just doesn't care anymore. That he's not holding back. Yeah. So, in the book, he actually it's a little harsher, and he like starts choking her. He's like, uh. wants to kill her in that point, but mm-hmm. I I think he stops himself. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, I kind of wish they they had kept his sociopathic tendencies yeah, a they, bit more in the movie. They definitely soften him in the movies. Like mm-hmm. I think that if you I don't, I definitely don't think that you're meant to feel sorry for him, but you, I think that you are meant to have some sort of streak of sympathy, um, 
you're you're definitely meant to be more sympathetic towards him than you are towards her. Like she's oh, definitely sure. the villain of the piece, and yeah. and even and his misdeeds are are presented as so much lower than what she's done. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, the movie like I said, he's just a, a dumb dumb who started fucking a student. Yeah, and and is dismissive of his wife. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Interesting. The Desi thing was was kind of interesting at the end too. The what? The Desi. Oh yes. Bits. Because. It was clear. I I, I believed the things that she said he did in the end, mm-hmm. like that he was obsessed with her and yeah. probably. What was it that he? Um, said he was going to kill himself in her bed or something. Yeah, like that. something like that. Just based on his, how he reacted when she called him and you know took her to the lake house and everything. I was like, okay, I can see this guy being that creep. Yeah, that she said he was. And I thought they were going to try and build him up as a villain. Mm-hmm. That every, that she he. I don't know that Nick was going to save her from or something. I don't, I wasn't sure exactly what I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, but that also just came and went really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, okay. I think there was, uh, not to be like in the book, but I think that in the book there was, uh, I can't, well, I can't really remember this aspect so much, but when I was reading like on the differences, there's like a whole like little mini storyline between, Desi and his mom like he has this like really weird creepy relationship with her and Mm. um yeah I don't know what that would add but (laughs) Neil Patrick Harris was very good at being a creep oh he really was he was great (laughs) and he sees his little butt yep (laughs) (laughs) and his little pee pee when he dies oh that's right but it's like so covered in blood yeah it wasn't (laughs) not meant to be a delightful sight (laughs) no not really (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Okay. I guess that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Gone girl. Thanks for getting around to listen to this episode. If you have a thing you'd like to suggest, you can send us an email at oh yeah that thing at gmail.com or use the contact form on our website. Link in the description. We're at oh yeah that thing on both Instagram and Twitter, so follow us there if you want to see what things we check out between episodes. Logo art and design by Rolla, and theme song by Kate. We'll have links to their socials in the description as well. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next one. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye. Cut this part out. Ba-ba-dee-da-doo-da-doo-ba-da. <laughs> Filmography.